What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 168 of the Game Explained Real Talk podcast. As always, I'm your host, Derek Bittner, and this week I'm joined by Ash Paulson and Tom Arnold. And, uh, yeah, no John this week, as him and Andre are currently working on a secret project that I don't know exactly when is going live, but they're working on something, so we're uh, holding down the fort in the meantime. And, yeah, it's been a little bit since we've had you on, Tom. How have you been? Oh, uh, I've been fine. I guess, um... I actually have managed to play a couple or finish a couple games that I was stuck on for a while. Uh, one of them was a um, Cadence of Hyrule. I was kind of stuck there for a little bit and beat it. And another one, because I realized the decade is almost over, I finished Portal 2. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Nice. <laughs> Okay. It, took, it, it yeah. only took a little while. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I was. I think I was just. I was pretty close to the end, and I was near the part where Cave Johnson comes in, and he talks about, like, uh, when life gives you lemons, uh-huh. you take those lemons and you add moon space dust to them. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> no, I, I'm glad I finished that one. It's, uh, it was an excellent, excellent experience that I should have finished a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Such a great script and some really yeah. great epic moments at the end. <laughs> yeah, the scale is amazing, and, well, Wheatley is kind of going after you i, I loved that part mm-hmm. like, I, is I understand great. people saying like some people preferring the first one but i i i'm sorry i love the story more of the second one maybe i think i think what was it yeah yeah well i was just gonna say maybe in terms of gameplay you don't have that uh the like the stuff to make you bounce or go faster but mm-hmm. in terms of story i like the second one yeah, I, I think agree. what it might have been is that people really they just took to Glados so much from you yeah. know Portal One that when she wasn't the focus of Portal Two, then that maybe kind of by itself made people kind of like oh I don't like this as much story wise. But I agree, Wheatley's great and and Portal Two is a classic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I mean Wheatley only augments Glados in the second one. So and you find out more about her backstory and stuff. And sure, she's a right. potato for a while, but yeah, I mean it's fine. <laughs> Still, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, goodness. But yeah, I, I haven't actually played Cadence of Hyrule single player. I, I only played it um, co-op with Amy. Uh, yeah. So I'm not sure uh, how it handles this. I mean, I played a little bit of a single player, but it definitely kicked my butt way more. So I kind of understand it taking so long for you to actually finish that one, Tom. Yeah, um, but the nice thing about it is that I played Crypt of the Necrodancer when that came out, and that game is way harder than <laughs> Cadence of Hyrule. So it's nice to just be able to finish it and say, oh, "Okay, I don't have to, I don't have to necessarily return to this game. I can just say I'm done." Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, you know, Cadence of Hyrule really just didn't land with me, and I guess by extension, neither did Crypt of the Necrodancer. And I, you know, of course, I adore rhythm games, but just those two the the kind of rhythm game they are it's i don't know this didn't it didn't land with me i could play miku i could play dr forever i could play groove coaster whatever but i don't know i was just kind of bored and not getting into cadence of hyrule and by extension necrodancer so i don't know what i'm missing but i just didn't really like it it's fun but it's also not a game i come back to and think about you know it's it's gone from my, my mind you know yeah yeah like, uh, yeah, I, I guess that. maybe part of it is that it, it doesn't feel as though there's too much emphasis placed on the rhythm aspect of it. Like there is, but it's not exactly, you're not being judged on how close you are every single time. Right. You know, it's basically just keep to the beat and then pay attention to other stuff. And I guess maybe that's why, that's since the actual why. rhythm part takes a back seat. I don't know. Yeah, it's not like it, it doesn't show you a counting out meter. It kind of shows you you're doing better and it's more about 
just taking into consideration the space you're in to take advantage mm-hmm. of it to hit enemies at the right moment. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was kicking my ass, I can say that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, gotta get the long pokey pole, that helps. Yeah, exactly. The spears okay. help a lot. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, have you been up to anything else, Tom, or just those two games? Or uh, Those are the main two things after uh, finishing up that Tangle Tower, so... Nice. Uh, nice. Other than that, just uh, trying to do another level for Carpoon a lot, and yeah, that's about it. Nice, very nice. How have how many years have you been in development on Carpoon? <laughs> I guess it's approaching. I think January will be two, so oh, wow. I hope okay. to finish at least like a three level version by January. So that'd be awesome. That's weird because I could have sworn I've been hearing you talk about Carpoon for way longer than two years, but maybe that's just <laughs> me and my skewed. Just how it, just my how skewed it, sense of timing. Just how it feels, but when I look back at the uh-huh. files, it was kind of like I think there was a I can look I can check. There's a game jam that I did called "Finally Finish Something." Uh-huh. Technically, I did <laughs> I did finish a version of Carpoon for that, uh-huh. and uh, it, yeah, I think that date. <laughs> it's kind of amazing, like looking back. Like in some ways, it's like man, I've been at this project for so long. In other ways, you're like, oh man, it's only been since then. Because uh, I, I kind of feel that way with the Metroid project, because I started writing that back in May, and yeah. it's you know that with how far now, and it's like it feels like it's been longer, but it also feels like man, I only started that back in May. It's it's one of those very weird things about the creative process. Yeah, and tell me this when you're working on it. Do you ever work on the project and you kind of maybe look too far ahead and say, oh man, how will I ever get there? Instead of like kind of breaking it down in little attainable steps. Uh, I find that one thing hard with Carpoon sometimes, where it's like, how am I ever going to finish this? Instead of just focusing on, okay, maybe I have to finish this part of level two and like breaking it down even further. Like I have these volcanoes. It's like just focus on one thing at a time. How mm-hmm. do you deal with that with the Metroid movie? I mean, for every other project I've done, that's always that's always taken me down like I've been I get too excited about the stuff that comes later that the build up to it I get kind of bored with and that's why I kind of uh, appreciated having the structure of Metroid and you know having a game I'm based off of and having an idea of what I wanted to do and then for the project itself it really helps that I'm I'm really sticking to the three act structure of uh, I broke it up as like okay if I can get act one done to this point we're in good shape okay now we can focus on act two okay now we can finish on act three oh hey wait well you know we're done you know that, that sort of idea that's yeah, right. that's sort of how I'm looking <clears throat> toward it. I I haven't actually had time to work on uh, the the project at all. Uh, Dayumi is doing her job because you know as we did reach the uh, the goal, which was great. Yeah, and, amazing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so she's uh, got her the money and she's already started working on uh, some of the stuff. She sent me some of the stuff, uh, some of the early envisioning of the scenes I've laid out, and they are looking. Really good. I I love the moodiness that she has for um, certain aspects of the attack on uh, the one Samus's colony because uh, mm-hmm. you know that's that's inevitable. <laughs> you know that's that's not a spoiler. It's going to happen. And uh, yeah, having that set up and the mood that she captures is really good so far. Uh, but I'm going to probably the next thing I'm going to do is uh, try to find my actors for the other uh, speaking roles. Yeah. Uh, and I'm hoping to do sure, that sure. this coming week uh, because Pokemon, 
Still working on it, but it's finally starting to wind down. <laughs> so, because that's hey, been if you if you need somebody and don't want to pay them, I would love to <laughs> contribute. No, I'm serious. I would love to help out if you need a voice. Mm-hmm. Let me audition. I'll yeah. do it. Uh, no, I, what I plan to do is, um, I think it's Zelda Universe who does their fan projects, right? They use that one uh, oh sure open source thing. And um, I'm going to put it, put the rules on there with a line. That way I can have a nice, easy way to keep track of it. Because when I was keeping it secret, it was a pain in the ass trying to keep track of everybody's oh, sure. emails. And everybody that sent me stuff and trying to really keep track of it all. So I'm hoping with this website, it'll keep everything nice and neat. And I can look through them and uh, sure. decide on who I want. So. Well, but, hey, when yeah, you get that set up, post a link in the uh, Discord. I want to I wanna record something for you. Oh, yeah. Go try, for to, it. try to get picked. I think, think you can make a roll for a judge hand in a jar. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, I, like as you know, I've been trying to do more stuff like that anyway, just kind of mess around with my voice. So yeah, mm-hmm. no, sure, for sure. I, I, I appreciate your long game here, though, Derek, because clearly the idea is to get this to really take off, get it to, you know, get Nintendo's notice, and then they're going to hire you for the story on Metroid <laughs> Clearly. Clearly. That, clearly that's yeah. the intention. I, it did make me laugh how many people came up to me. It's like, oh, you know, if you want to make this an actual movie, I could do this. I'm like, that is not the intent. I, I, <laughs> uh-huh. I do not have the resources or skill set to make that a thing. Uh, I appreciate the, <laughs> the uh, effort for it. But what I'm accomplishing is all I can really do on my own. And most of it is just like, help me act or help me do these artwork. And then the rest is... Me putting it together. Um, well, you may not have the resources, but I'd say you have at least some of the skill set because you've gotten as far as you have. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I have a vision, but it's just a matter of like, I obviously, I think some people were expecting this live action. I'm like, no, I can't do well, that. How? Yeah. How are you yeah. supposed to do that? I mean, if, of- if I could find somebody, I, I don't know if you saw this or not, Ash, but uh, there's a, a pilot on um, YouTube for a show called Has Been Hotel. Have you heard no, about this at this. all? It's, uh, you know, it's definitely for, it's an animation for adults, um, but it basically, it's about the Princess of Hell wanting to try to reform the denizens rather than, uh, than have a purge happen with the, with the heaven each year. So rather than getting killed, slaughtered, they, people, the denizens of Hell actually get redeemed. And of course, Hell, all of them being resistant to it it's really well animated acted and uh pretty funny as well like it's also kind of a musical and i see it's really cool so part of me is like man if i could just get it animated like that that'd be awesome but i also know it's they've been at that for like two or three years because it's all self-funded and indie uh like indie funded and no studios connected or anything like that um so it's it's pipe dreams for now i'm very happy with what i'm accomplishing uh, between me, my actors, and Dayumi. Yeah. Who sure, knows? Sure. In uh, 10 years, maybe it'll be hired to fix the Metroid movie. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> Could be. When. Uh... Go ahead. I was going uh, to say, it's like, man, it's amazing to think Tyson has started out with fan comics about nipples the enchilada. I know, right? That's that's yeah. When you put it like that, yeah. Um, now you know. Given you mentioned your vision, now given the fact that you're such a hardcore Metroid fan, do you have have you always had a vision or a headcanon for a possible Metroid Dread or Metroid Five? Like, do you when you I, think about when you go to bed at night and you think about, oh man, the perfect Metroid Five? What happens in it? Do you have any idea? I actually had something for that um, years ago. 
Uh, okay. I, made, I made an article about uh, on the, the original Game Explained website. It's gone now. Awesome. Um, <laughs> where I talked about what they could have done for Metroid Dread and how they could change it up. And my idea, I forget the plot uh, completely at this point, but I, I don't even know if I had a plot. I just had gameplay ideas. And the basic idea I had to change things up is that Samus starts out fully equipped, but the further she goes... Um, there's certain paths that she has to choose between and going one path makes makes her lose this ability but the, going this path makes her lose another a different ability and you sort of okay. do this branching idea of like her gradually just losing her abilities as she goes through and uh, oh, wow. it just you know like kind of like the opposite of Metroid where you're losing things and losing abilities and still trying to find a way forward in order to get this because I was trying to like what would embody, what would embody dread and that's mm-hmm. sort of what I came up with. It becomes well, you like can Dark also, Souls. Yeah. Yeah, and you could like easily explain that away with, hey, you know, the X-Player site, yeah, it gave her all these powers. Yeah, you know, it, it fused with her Metroid DNA. She's awesome. But five, ten years on, we've become to learn there are health complications. And then the X-Parasite is now taking a toll on her body. Mm-hmm. And that's Although why I think losing, the X-Player you know, site that, was completely destroyed uh, by the end of... Was, oh, is that what it is? The Metroid cells completely destroyed it? Yeah. Pretty well, sure. then let's just switch that out for Metroid cells. Hey, Metroid cells weren't supposed to be in human bodies, so <laughs> 10 years on, she's starting to, you know, to, to fail. Yeah. And she's got to figure something else out. I, man, well, there's so many ways I mean, they, they, they do have a thing with... Uh, did you play Samus Returns? Yeah. Um, did you see the extra artwork where it uh, sort of talked about the history of SR388 with the Chozo? I never actually did see the extra stuff. Okay, no, and the extra stuff, yeah. they revealed that a, like... It's not fully explained because there's no dialogue, but like a subset of Chozo come in and wipe out other Chozo that were on the planet. So there's this idea of like a rogue group of Chozo uh, somewhere in the galaxy. And I'm like, are they setting things up for a Metroid 5? Like with like, are you actually taking on the Chozo instead? Like that'd be fascinating. That would be the I, I would think that would be the coolest direction they could go. And that would be more interesting than them reviving Mother Brain, reviving Queen Metroid, reviving Ridley. How cool would that be to have you know to have Samus have to face this dark sect of her own people mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in a sense? I love that idea. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. imagine now, Dark Crystal Chozo so <laughs> puppets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now stay with me here. I had I had my own idea for a <clears throat> for a Metroid sequel story. What if Samus gets involved in a a cover up involving the Galactic Federation where they are secretly genetically engineering metroids to use in their own galactic federation army unbeknownst to everyone else and wasn't of course, that basically the, is, the plot of metroid fusion oh yeah they've already well not only it's not only fusion but it's also other m they've done that same oh, plot yeah. twice now yeah yeah same uh, thing it's you know got it got it it was just done done better than fusion it really was i kind of forgot that that yeah. was the whole thing behind the other m it's the same thing mm-hmm Except with, like, we get to see, you know, Ridley from an, you know, incubation status all the way up to, which was cool, I like that, but yeah. the rest of the story was the same. I, I will say, if, it, if this ever did do, do success, uh, be successful enough to, let's say, adapt Metroid 2, I would likely, like, my whole thing, vision, if I was to continue on, like, with movie sequels and uh, adaptations, I would probably disregard um, uh, Other M in the Prime series. Um, Ooh, however, interesting, okay. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't pull in Prime. Prime just... What's the story of Prime? What does Prime really add? <laughs> uh, Phase like, 
Phazon's you got bad. the whole you got the whole phase on <laughs> you got the whole phase on yeah. thing and you got Dark Samus causing trouble, but in the end it's sort of like it doesn't really push anything forward. It's a great sub series, great no, games, it but as far as like lore, eh, it's easy to shovel yeah. shove aside. Um but for uh you know, in other M kind of the same deal, like it's just I think it's just too reviled to even attempt an adaptation. However, what I would yeah. do is uh for Metroid two I would pull the um, uh, the whole mystery killer th- plot thread from Other M and implement that into Metroid Two, and have like, like have this whole thing with like the, it's like not just Samus put out there to try to take out all the Metroids because oh, I see. Uh, you know there's a lot you know there's a lot of Metroids I can't just have like oh the entire Metroid population is sixty of them mm, I yeah. don't think that works quite so well. Um, so I think it'd be interesting to try to just give a little bit more oomph to Metroid 2 and do more with it and put in that, that whole secret killer plot and actually uh, yeah, do No, I, I think that was one of the biggest things that they, they dropped the ball with in Other M because that was actually a pretty intriguing subplot. I, I went the whole game wanting to know who the leader was, and they just dropped it. Mm-hmm. Just dropped it. I mean, you, you can suss out who it probably was, but the fact that they just dropped it without even mentioning it. Yeah. was so dumb and it's it's too bad because there are other aspects of other M's story that I think were pretty interesting and could they could really double down on in a better game like I like the idea that Samus is pissed off because she felt motherly toward this baby Metroid and Mother Brain demolished it right in front of her like I like the idea of that motherly aspect of her you know coming into play I think that's really interesting it's just unfortunately was not done well in a game that nobody liked mm-hmm yeah. So. So I mean, it's it'll likely never happen. I don't know how well this will do, but maybe. I mean, if it does super well, I'd, I'll be down for it. But I, I think my resources are cut off at this point, and maybe like I'll write it up and just put it out there for people if it if if it doesn't happen. I won't go to this much sure, effort sure. again. But it's just you know the ideas are there. Um, yeah. But anyway, what have you been up to, Ash? <laughs> Well, I've had a busy week. I, uh, other than you know my regular work and stuff, uh, I recorded uh, an episode of Friend Code with Easy Allies again on Wednesday, and that was always fun. I just love those guys to death. And then I actually uh, popped over to San Francisco yesterday for the whole day to record a bunch of shows with Kind of Funny. So with Greg and Tim and the crew, and they just that was a blast. They have a cool little studio. Um, we recorded the, uh, Greg and I did find a kind of funny games daily where we talked about Stadia and some other stuff. Sorry if you can hear the plane in the background. Um, <laughs> and then we recorded live reactions to X19, the annual Xbox, you know, direct ish conference. And so we got to react to that stuff. Uh, and then I was, uh, not on camera for this. I was on the shock mic for this, but we also did a review discussion of uh, star Wars Jedi fallen order, which I've been playing, uh, for the past week for that discussion. Oh, and, um, cool. Yeah, so... I didn't I, actually know I, you were playing, playing that. that. How is it? <laughs> I was, yeah. So I, I, I was and am, and it's interesting. So everybody else on, on the discussion had finished it naturally because they were actually reviewing it. I only got the code on, like, Monday night, so I didn't have much time to play it. Um, but I got about six-ish hours in, and my, I was kind of feeling lukewarm on it. But then everyone on the, you know, who really played the whole thing, they loved it. So I, I think it probably gets a lot better if that after the initial opening hours. Oh, my God, there's a dog, dog barking its head off right outside my door. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> don't worry, the fire um, truck will go by my place soon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, but, yeah, so uh, it's, it is so, so authentically Star Wars. If you're a Star Wars fan, you're going to just love how much it looks and feels and sounds 
exactly like Star Wars. I think my issue with it starting out was that it feels like an amalgamation of other games I've played that do those things better. Like, right off the bat, there's climbing, like an Uncharted and Horizon. But Uncharted and Horizon does it better, right? Mm. Then there's, you know, combo-based melee combat, which is, is actually quite good, and it opens up the more you get into the game, but it doesn't feel like anything you haven't seen before. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So... You know, then there's like there there are skill trees, which you've seen skill trees in a billion other games. There's a there's a Metroid Prime like 3D map, but the map in Metroid Prime is done better. So, as you start off, it feels like an amalgamation of things that different games have done better. But then the further you get in, the more the game kind of starts to open up, and you get a few Jedi skills and some Force skills, and then it kind of takes on its own identity. But I don't think I got far, uh, far enough to really. Get you know grasp that by the time of the discussion, um, but I, I will say my main thing that I had a problem with was that Cal, the main the guy you play as, the Jedi you play as, he is the most. I mean, you can just Google him and look at him. He is the most boring, vanilla, just generic ass protagonist, <laughs> and, and that's even made even more stark by the fact that he's surrounded by all these genuinely interesting characters. He's the only one who's not interesting, so. I'm like, man, I don't care about this guy. Like, I'm just some generic white dude Jedi. I mean, I'll give them <laughs> credit. He's a redhead. I'll give them credit for making, making him a redhead. But otherwise, he's just like this generic kind of young white dude. And I'm just like, his voice acting's kind of boring. But again, everybody else I did the discussion with said that he actually does get better and he learned more about his backstory and he feels less generic later on. So, mm. you know, I do want to keep playing it. I want to check that out uh, because apparently it just keeps getting great. However... I am still utterly, utterly within Dragon Quest XI S's thrall. I can't get out of it. It doesn't Good. care. It's brutal. They, they just the Dragon Quest doesn't care. Like you, oh, you want to play something else? Screw you. Uh, uh-uh, uh, nope. You're gonna keep playing this. I don't care about your life. I don't care about your free time. Yeah, Any that's how Dragon games. Quest was during the review phase. <laughs> yeah. So I am now. Uh, I just finished up the Sniffleheim section. So oh, nice. uh, it's now time for me to go to the first forest and on to Yggdrasil, where obviously the game is going to end, and that's just it. I finished the game. Clearly, that's Clearly. the end goal. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I know some big event happens when I get there. I've, I've completely stayed spoiler-free, thankfully. I know there's some big event, um, but I feel like I'm coming up on something, a big turning point, I feel. Mm-hmm. So I'm really looking forward to, you know, because the whole first part of the game, I assume it's the first part, has been about gathering these orbs and and taking them to get to Yggdrasil. I'm about to do that. So now it's about what happens next, and I'm going to hopefully find that out this weekend. <laughs> That's awesome. I am I'm I'm looking, for, I I am looking forward to your reaction. Nice. I, I really I am so excited. Um, but it's it's funny. I Even when I was fighting, uh, what's her name, the Ice Witch, mm-hmm. uh, Frizzabelle. That's the queen. Yeah, Frizzabelle. No, uh, she's the queen. Uh, it's the I Crystalinda, the, the other witch. Yeah, yeah. So that's supposed to be like a hard battle. But again, I think as I said last week, I, I kind of ruined the difficulty balance for myself, and my whole party's like level thirty five, thirty six now, going mm. into you're, Arboria. You're, you're starting and, to even out a bit with where you're getting where you're headed. Yeah, you're. Star- I think you're getting to the point where you're maybe a little ahead, but not too bad. Oh, that's good. Okay, because I've tr- I've tried to like again because I visited Sniffleheim early. I just skipped everything when I went there when I was actually supposed to, because I had already cleaned out all the treasures and everything. So I didn't fight even more. So that was kind of my idea. I was trying to fight less now when I went back, so I could kind of try to even out the difficulty curve again. Mm. Fast forward through the story. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. And just like a not, yeah, because I wanted to see what would happen. I already put in the work earlier. Let's just blaze through the story until I'm, you know, 
back to where I haven't you know done anything yet. Mm-hmm. Yep, makes sense. So and I'm loving the game. Yeah. Looking forward to your report next week. But uh, yeah, yeah. The only Star Wars reference I have is uh, Force Unleashed. Okay, which I think I played briefly, but I, I mean, I, yeah, I think we're all pretty casual Star Wars fans. Like, Shadows I of appreciate Star Wars. <laughs> nice Shadows of the Empire. I, man, I that's haven't even my played that reference. <laughs> wow! Oh, that's a that's a classic. Shadows yeah. of the Empire and Rogue Squadron. Yeah, Rogue, Rogue Squadron. Is it Rogue yeah. Legacy or Rogue mm-hmm. Squadron Two, whichever one the GameCube launched with. I played quite a bit of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, I, I appreciate Star Wars for sure, but I'm not like that hardcore fan like none of us are like you know i'm gonna see rise of skywalker no doubt but i'm not counting down the days yeah exactly it's like oh that'd be cool when it happens <laughs> yeah although i will say that trailer I, I have gone back and watched it a few times mainly because of that really bombastic rearrangement of the main star wars theme that plays like halfway through it's so good mm. and i just keep watching it because it's just such an epic moment even if you're not a hardcore fan yeah yeah i'm I'm looking forward to it, but I've not watched it. I, I don't even have Disney Plus yet, even though I, I haven't checked out Disney Plus yet because my sister got it and she gave me her, you know, uh, code for it, password for it, so I can watch it on hers. Yeah. But I haven't even bothered yet. I keep hearing about problems with the uh, search functionality and just how it's presented and uh, mm, all those little okay. things. So I'm kind of waiting for all the bugs to get out. And but I, I do know people are enjoying Mandalorian. It seems I've heard that. People seem to really enjoy Mandalorian, and uh, yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. Uh, my uh, my sister-in-law gave us her code for Disney+, Plus, but we haven't checked it out yet. We probably will this weekend, but it's just, you know, we've got so much stuff to watch already. We're, yeah. we're behind on so many other things. It's like, you know, we've got too much stuff to watch. Yeah, mm-hmm. I... Uh... I'm gonna like I I don't even know if that's out in Canada. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I'm gonna hold out to watch uh, Paddington Two first before that. I saw that uh, last week and again. Oh, nice! Uh, with my wife and she just loved it. So such a good movie. Yeah, the British humor in there. I think I haven't uh, seen translated it. to the Japanese audience. That's so. awesome. Actually, <laughs> 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 actually, it does remind me uh, on Netflix this uh, this weekend a, a new. Uh, animated project called Klaus is coming out, and I've heard amazing things about this animated this movie. Like it's like yeah. one of the best. I think it's is it it's either two D actually two D animated or animated in the same way as that. Uh, do you remember that Paperman short Ash, uh, where the guy oh, like, yeah. throwing it letters? Oh yeah, really yeah, yeah, animated. Oh, that's so good. Animated kind of like that, I think. Uh, and oh, it's basically okay. it's a Christmas story. It's you know, a, a mailman helping out. Um, San, you know, Chris Kringle, back in the day, uh, type thing. Don't know much about the plot, but it just looks gorgeous, and I, I really want to watch it. Uh, uh, that sounds great. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's out on Netflix now. Another one uh, I heard about was uh, I think I'm going to butcher his name, but Gennady Tarkovsky. Oh, Tartakovsky, Yeah, Tart. Uh, I'm not even going to try. He uh, he has a new show, Primal, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that. So I saw a good. trailer for that. I haven't watched any of it, but it's like it's basically the minimalist a- attitude of Samurai Jack, just set in a BC era where it's man and dinosaurs, and it's brutal and bloody, and it's like, yep, that's that's Tartakovsky. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So there's yeah. just, I mean, there's just such a huge deluge of just content out there now, like media in all its yeah. forms, and there's just. Mm-hmm. You have to pick and choose what you're going to focus on because if you try to focus on all of it, you're going to just miss it and, and be too overwhelmed because there's so 
much to watch now. Yeah, and I still have so much and to play. play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. play, problem. watch, read, listen to all of it. There's just so much to check out, and it's it's rough because you want to see a lot of it when people t- recommend it, but then you don't have the time. Uh, although I have been taking, you know, with the new season of My Hero Academia starting, I've been definitely taking the time to watch that. Um, yes, and, that uh, actually reminds me, uh, uh, Basola and I are supposed to sit down this weekend and start watching the second season of High Score Girl, because that just came out oh, at the it? end of October on Netflix, I and I, I have mentioned before about how brilliant I thought High Score Girl was the first season, and I'm so glad it's back. Uh, I cannot stress how much you should watch this anime, Derek. Mm-hmm. Back, both of you, really, but I think you, Derek, would especially like it. Yeah. I can see it. I mean, there's there's oh, there's so much animation anime to watch because I had, oh, I had I to know. get a Funimation Now just, uh, subscription so I could watch Hi, uh, My Hero Academia in English because that's how I've always watched it. I'm like, uh, it's simuldub. I want it. I'm going to pay it for Funimation, but they, at least I'll get the rest of their catalog too in English. So, fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You've watched a lot of uh, JoJo recently, haven't you? Like, I've my friend told me like I watched season one and he's like you have to watch season two it's better so yeah I agree right I agree and uh, all of JoJo uh, season one because uh, it season one it consists of part one and part two because uh, yeah. the jo- the JoJo series uh, if you're not aware Ash uh, is split split out among generations of the Joestar family and that's what I thought okay. and and that's how it's been going for so long because it's not all one story it kind of is but it's just different members of this of this family have different uh, uh, adventures and they all have the name Jojo because it's a kind of a nickname like the first member is Jonathan Joestar then we have Joseph's uh-huh. Joestar and now Jotaro jo- uh, uh, Jotaro Kujo because his uh, mother uh, was English and married a Japanese man and had so it still has Jojo in there um, but yeah, I've been watching, I, I watched the first two seasons and part one is definitely where you get a lot of the memes from, um, that, that, that just go around for Jojo and it's, it's enjoyable if kind of standard, like it's so over the top and how like everything needs to be described. There's literally a guy there named R.E.O. Uh, Robert E.O. Speedwagon. So if you like your music references, you'll dig this Ash, um, who nice. will describe everything going on. It's like, my God, Jojo actually used his finger to uh, stop the bullet. And I did not. That's not an actual thing, but just goes into the (laughs) minute details of how it all happens. But uh, uh, part two has been my favorite so far. Nice, nice. I'm not going to lie. I have no idea what reference that even was because I like my video game music references. I have no idea about most mainstream. Oh, you don't. Oh, you don't know REO Speedwagon. (laughs) I feel like I've heard that name before somewhere, but like I don't know Uh who they are, what kind of music they make. If it's like American classic rock, I would not know because I like can't stand that genre. Uh, Oh, I see. See, I grew up with that stuff thanks to my dad. So. Oh, sure, sure. (laughs) Well, yeah, no, I, I I grew up with stuff with like Pink Floyd and Stevie Wonder and like. I enjoy those, but like I'm not into stuff like the Ramones in mm. Green Day, and you know, and and that kind of, the Beatles, like that stuff just never resonated with me. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if REO Speedwagon's anywhere in that whole area, but I just yeah, I, that's all lost on me. Yeah, and you don't need I that. Know. No, there's references to enjoy it, but yeah, sure, sure. No, I've always actually really wanted to watch JoJo because it everything I've seen of it, like I, my knowledge of JoJo came, of course, from the Capcom game uh, that you know back in the day. They I think they still make. Jojo games, but the first one they ever made was just Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, and that's that was my first exposure to it. But it looks just so over the top and weird and just crazy, and I really want to check it out. Mm-hmm. 
and how what have you thought of your experience so far uh tom okay well i saw the the season where like he defeats dio i believe Mm -hmm. so is that um, is that the first season or the third season (laughs) the third part i should say it looked really old so So, it's the first one there's a in the middle of it there's one with like a card game Oh, you might have watched the original JoJo uh, yeah. animated series, the OVA this back probably in the day. Because it looked old, so I guess I watched the original, so I can yeah. watch all the new one. Yeah, there's a new TV series that actually is much more accurate to the uh, manga and uh, yeah. doesn't truncate a lot of stuff. Because I did get to that card game, and that's, man, that's a good episode. <laughs> yeah, like in the classic one, it was, comp- it like only maybe the last two episodes of the series kind of compare to that card game episode, so... Uh, I definitely loved what I saw there and like how dark it gets at the end with, I guess, one guy who can kind of just teleport uh, yeah, people away uh, to another universe. So. Dio. Uh, so I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'm getting close to the end of part three. I yeah. uh, just, for those who actually are familiar with the series, I just had them um, arrive at Dio's mansion. Uh, after the fight with Iggy. So this is, I don't know if you'll like this uh, series as much, Ash, Ash, now that I think about it, because um, the creator loves dogs so much okay. so that he, fi- he his shortcut for making you hate a villain is to have them kill dogs. <laughs> oh, so is this is it a specific villain that like delights in killing dogs? I just, like if a dog shows up, that thing's going to die. <laughs> oh man, that's, from that's pretty... Lines. Now that That's said, rough. yeah. That said, they do have a, a a little pug on their on their side in this in part three named Iggy, and uh, he is he has a, access to their special ability, which is called a stand. Think you play Persona at least a little bit, or know a little bit about it. How they have this other yeah. person gives them powers that kind of appears behind them, um, and the dog has a stand, and he ends up fighting in. Uh, eagle or a fa- no a falcon that has a stand as well and it's a fight between a dog and a falcon and it is one of the most brutal and compelling fights i i, I, I would ever expect because poor dog loses a leg jeez <laughs> like he, i he, just he, yeah he loses a leg the falcon is like one of the most evil look like he has his smile and then the way that iggy takes him out is especially brutal like the, the version i'm watching on crunchyroll They'll uh, have this like black. It's the censored version where they have this sort of this black fog over uh, parts that they have to censor, uh, like the really brutal moments of violence, or um, like uh, the main character Jotaro is under eighteen, so every time he smokes, he, they have this black fog around his mouth, so they can't show him smoking, even though it's That's very so obvious he smokes. Um, That's funny, but it's it's. It's a crazy series. I still like part two the most because I think it just has the best combination of plot, crazy fights, and just a fun main character. Jotaro is kind of boring. He's kind of like this stoic guy that always is good at everything. Um, and it's very much a travel thing where they just – it's all about the crazy people they have to fight as they go along. And they have some really funny episodes. They have really uh, uh, intense episodes. Uh, all it kind of depends. It's, it's, it's interesting. So. Nice. I well, I, I do have a I do have a latent interest. That is, t- I don't know if I could if I can handle the dogs. I mean, the, the one the the literally the one scene I had to turn away and cringe when I was watching John Wick three was when Halle Berry's dog got shot, even mm. non lethally, non lethally. But I still couldn't you know I couldn't handle that. Everything else I was totally cool with, but <laughs> that one part I couldn't handle. So I don't know if I could do that. 
Well, they they did the same thing in John Wick One at the very beginning too, but. Mm. Oh yeah, well that yeah, of course the was the big well, catalyst. Oh, I yeah, I <laughs> yeah, but Ash put... enjoyed all the revenge afterwards before yeah. that. Oh like, yeah, yeah. I do that. <laughs> no righteous ass revenge. No, kill every single last person who's responsible or even connected to the person responsible for killing that puppy. Uh uh-uh, uh, they all have it coming. <laughs> all of them. Yeah. Oh boy. Well, let's go ahead and get to our news topics for the week. And uh, right off the bat, one thing that kind of affects Ash, uh, the Mega Man Zero slash ZX Legacy Collection has been delayed to February 25th. So, Ash, you want to cover that a little uh, bit more? Excuse you, Derek. That affects every single person who's into really good games, <laughs> all right? Um, no, you know, this this is barely a month. So the, the delay actually isn't all that bad when you really look at it, but... You know, it's a shame. Any delay for anything you're looking forward to always sucks, but get it right. You know, and I'm guessing maybe it just has to do with everything they're faithfully bringing over. I mean, like, we've we've learned within the last month now that not only are we getting ports of these games, but, you know, we're getting all the different regional versions of each game like we got in the other collections. They're even bringing over the uh, 0.3 e-card reader stuff, all the e-reader bonuses. They're bringing over the 0.4 uh, bonuses where you could... Uh, insert the 04 cartridge into your GBA slot on your DS and unlock bosses from 04 and 03 to play against in Mega Man ZX. So they're bringing all that functionality over in addition to new stuff like Z Chaser. So maybe they just, you know, with all that stuff they're bringing over and the new content, maybe they just needed a little more time to polish it all up. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. But, <clears throat> but yeah. just so you know, I'm going to be the most annoying asshole, Derek. When this when this collection comes out, I know you haven't played Zero. You told me that played, was your first mistake. I played mistake. the original Zero, but I only I know. Not played but your sequels. first mistake was telling me that you didn't play the whole series. So <laughs> I, it's, I'm just gonna I'm gonna keep on you, man, until you do it. I'm gonna be the most annoying person. <laughs> so, Derek, at, at, at PAX. Uh, I waited with Ash in line to record him playing this game. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, Ash was playing it, but I guess there wasn't much of a line, so they didn't kick him off. Oh, no. So Ash was like, I guess yeah. we keep going. So then I just, like, my arms slowly got more and more tired as I, like, holding the cat. Ash is just going to beat the game right there. Right, yeah. right. I thought about it. I thought about it. But, uh, no, I wanted to get the right, I wanted to get the right footage because I, uh, I had, it was the Xbox demo, so I kept struggling with the controller. Like mm-hmm. the buttons, and I, I'm not used to. I'm used to Nintendo placement and PlayStation placement, uh, so I just kept kind of screwing up with the Xbox controller. So I had to replay a couple of stages to get it right. But, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, no. I mean, I'm I'm obviously going to review this collection. Looking forward to it. But uh, you know, take whatever time you need to get it right. Yeah, I think it makes sense to just get it out of that area, and it, it's. I think it'll be a little less competitive around that time, even though that too. Um, Sure, Doom and actually I don't know if is Doom uh, yeah Doom Eternal and uh, Animal Crossing comes out the twentieth but I don't think these this is a very different audience and I think it'll be fine. There are, I don't think it's a whole lot of crossover between. I mean yes there are Nintendo fans who are going to love both Animal Crossing and Mega Man but I don't think they're necessarily competing like that. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but in the meantime, and uh, I know both of you are excited about this one. Uh, we Hell finally yeah. have a release date. On Shovel Knight, King of Cards, and Shovel Knight Showdown. They're releasing on December 10th. Holy crap. <laughs> 25 days from now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And they, ugh, yeah, can't wait. They chose a month with nothing, I guess. That is a good idea. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. There yeah. is no competition. <laughs> no, you know what? And good for them because they have been in development on this for so long. Absolutely release it in a, in a time where it's going to be quiet, where it's not going to have any other major rivals for attention. You know, they've been working on this forever. They should you know, have it be as visible as possible. And of course the Shovel Knight fans are all going to go for it no matter what, 
but you know they want this to appeal to as many people as possible. So I think December tenth is a great uh, a great time for it. And I think Tom, you and I have already kind of determined you're going to be reviewing Showdown, and I'll be reviewing King of Cards. Yeah, I'm going to be dragging around a PC or Switch to many friends' places. <laughs> nice. nice. Yeah, yeah, I just I don't have straight up. I don't have an, any friends who are cool enough to want to play games with me that aren't Smash. Like they will play Smash, and that is it. They have no interest in playing any other video game with me, and it's mm. it's just a shame. Like I have friends who love Smash, but they're not into games otherwise. And it's like, man, but what about you know? I want to play cool stuff like Shovel Knight Showdown with people who actually care about what it is and understand what it is. Mm-hmm. I, I I have a workaround. You just kind of get a HDMI switcher, and like between a Smash loading screen, you kind of flick it, and oh, <laughs> nice. switch over. Well, then Smash to Showdown. It's like, oh, this must be that new retro mode in Smash Brothers. Let's play it for a bit. That's, your, that's what <laughs> nice. you can do. Maybe you'll perfect. Pull. <laughs> or you know, I could just I could just like learn genetic engineering, clone myself, and then then I have the friend I need to play video games with. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> my my oh, wife man. just got home and she's looking at me with the most pitiful look like, oh, this sounds so sad. Yeah. And so, but she knows I'm right. None of my friends will play anything with me. And she's nodding her head. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I feel you. I don't get that a lot either. So yeah, it is yeah. what it is. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's cool that it's coming out. It feels weird that it's coming out because I'm so used to it getting delayed and just not being a thing. So cool. Right. <laughs> Anyway, uh, moving on, this is actually kind of perfect because the two of you weren't able to join us for the uh, uh, discussion on the Sonic movie trailer uh, because, uh, one, they we finally got the new design of Sonic and it was that leaked version. And then, then the other thing that came out is that uh, Tyson Hess was brought in to lead the, mov- the movie redesign. And as usual, he killed it. <laughs> he sure did. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, as I've said, I've said this before, uh, when the leaks came out, <clears throat> that if they were real, that they landed way closer to the mark than I ever thought they'd get. And now we know why. It's because they brought someone in who knew exactly what the mark was that they were going for, and they nailed it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he... I, I was I thought it was Tyson Hesse. Maybe it's Hess. I don't know. But either I've way, always gone Hess, but it might be Hesse. I'm, I'm not sure. Well, either way, this guy should be involved on anything Sonic going forward, uh, especially the Sonic Mania 2 that absolutely must be in development. It better be in development. And, uh, yeah, he, he killed it. And the trailer itself, I'm still looking forward to this movie. I, I do want the, the original cut with the, with the original horrible design. I want that to exist on the Blu-ray. And I know Yuji Naka has said the same thing. So maybe there's a chance, because I do want to see that at some point. But I think this is absolutely the version that should be released in theaters. And, you know, who knows if it'll be a good movie? We do know that Sonic's going to look great, though. And regardless, we still have 90s Jim Carrey, and that's going to be a, a delight. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. How are you feeling about it, Tom? <laughs> oh, it's like, well, we all knew, like, there's going to be 90s Jim Carrey, which is, like, Amazing! It hasn't happened more often. Yeah. It's almost like we needed a break for a decade. <laughs> yeah. A decade. Yeah. Of course, I want your. Of course, I want a latte. I love the way you make them. <laughs> so, so yeah. he just—he's like this weird, bizarre, eccentric take on Robotnik, which it's—it's cl- it's, it's smart they went with Robotnik and not Eggman because clearly Jim Carrey is not egg-shaped or even close to anything resembling overweight. Yeah, they could have had him have a fat suit, I guess, but that would have kind of ruined it a bit. I yeah, you I you so. want him to have this physicality. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Like he's doing all these weird dances. Thing. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, yeah. I think it's gonna be cool. 
I think one of the most surprising things is just how much the teeth make the old the other Sonic creepy. I mean, <laughs> almost like if that other design didn't have teeth, like maybe people, maybe that's fifty percent of the problem right there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like so, this thing could bite my face off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one, yeah, small, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one small one uh, small like detail about his design that I really appreciate is that he's not cyclopic. It's actually between his eyes, this little bit white, like a little white bit of fur above yeah. his nose. But he, it's not actually one giant eye, and I think that really is a smart decision. And it's actually something I'd like to see reflected in the games as well. That mm. like that that cyclopic like you don't you don't think about it, but when you really do think about it, the fact that it is one giant connected eye it's really weird and i i would be fine with them abandoning that for sonic <laughs> yeah yeah i get you it's like in the games you see the back of him or it's so small and 2d you don't notice it but in a movie it's going to be right there in your face the whole time so yeah exactly yeah. so no I, i'm looking forward to it i'm hoping we all get early you know media access to various screenings but if we don't i will be there day zero release night mm-hmm yeah, I'm definitely going to check it out. It's uh, the humor seemed much more in point this time around too, and maybe that's just because yeah. Sonic was more expressive. So, who knows? Yeah, right. But I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it. Uh, just see what we're going to get. It definitely has a lot more potential now. That's for sure. That's so. definitely yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like I can actually look forward to this. Like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. And I do still think like it's still very much looking like if it doesn't turn out to be a good movie, it's still very likely that it'll turn out to be a very good bad movie. Yeah. So I mm-hmm. think we're still very much in that. Even if we've lost that horrifically terrible old Sonic design, I still think there's a chance that this will be if it's not actually good, the, the good bad of the, the the good kind of bad, mm-hmm. like Street Fighter Two good bad. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. Exactly, <laughs> exactly what I want. <laughs> Uh, well, the other bit of news we got this week is that Don't Nod's Tell Me Why is going to feature the first ever playable transgender hero from a major developer. Uh, they made it a big point. These are the guys behind uh, Life is Strange. So uh, I haven't played that series, but every, from everything I've heard, uh, they seem like the right kind of developer to, to tackle something like this and not make it insensitive. They absolutely are. They are going to handle this subject matter with the kind of uh, delicacy, the delicateness it deserves and the respect it deserves and I just have so much respect for both Don't Nod and Microsoft for you know Microsoft's the one publishing it mm-hmm. this is an Xbox One exclusive at least uh, or at least a timed exclusive I'm not sure which one but it was uh, announced during the X19 conference yesterday and yeah I mean this is something that Microsoft is footing the bill for and they're they're going all in on and don't not even said like we appreciate Microsoft for letting us tell this story uh, about a very underrepresented <clears throat> group of people, and you guys know I'm all about that. And so I think that that's just the coolest thing, and I want to see more of this from other studios in the future. But this is a great start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it should. Uh, yeah, you need to start somewhere, and the more characters they have in games that are transgender, I mean, the more I think people will understand. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just and, and just to kind of, yeah, and just to kind of offer a little context, so there are two playable characters in this game, Tyler and Allison, and they're equal heroes in the story. They're siblings. He plays them both, and Tyler is a transgender man. So, uh, and I guess part of the story deals with how you know their their mutual relationship to their mother, and how maybe their mother didn't accept Tyler for who he is and, and such. So I don't want to, you know, assume too much, but it, it seems like the fact that he is a transgender male 
is key to the plot and and you know is is that's kind of examined in terms of what people who choose to do that have to go through mm-hmm. and uh i'm i'm very much looking forward to it yeah that's pretty awesome so i hope it turns out well it should because yeah, yeah. i have not heard a bad thing about don't uh life is strange so should be fun. let me be very clear i said who choose to do that it's not a choice you feel how you feel but you choose to take the actions you take that's what i mean to yeah, be yeah, very yeah. clear yeah yeah <clears throat> well as something a little otter <laughs> i guess we'll go with <laughs> so the game awards 2019 is coming up in december and apparently they're going to be shown in select cinemark theaters and what's really so funny weird. is that how they're really doing it, they're really selling this, uh, the tickets also come with a showing of Jumanji The Next Level. So basically it's an opportunity to go see Jumanji and, hey, why not see uh, the Game Awards in theaters? Have a bunch of advertisements with a few awards. <laughs> right. I I guess I get the tenuous video game connection here. I, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, of course, but I don't really... I mean, I would go to see the Game Awards and then, oh, yeah, I got a ticket to see Jumanji. I guess that's a cool bonus, but I don't know. Just because I, I, I am obviously super I'm a game enthusiast, work in the industry, that doesn't mean I want to go see Jumanji. So yeah. I understand oh, the Tenuous Connection. I love the original Jumanji, and this new one looks pretty fun, too. See, that's what's so weird is, like, Basolan, I can't believe that these movies persist because, like, the original 90s Jumanji was fine, but I never felt it needed any any sort of sequel. But then apparently the sequel was really good. They came out, what, like, two, three years ago? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Did you so not watch it? They just keep making them. I didn't because I just sounded like this Jumanji. I didn't need to watch another Jumanji movie. No, you should, I, honestly, it's more fun than you think. No, and that's what, that's what you – I think you said that earlier back then, and I've heard that. So, like, I'm not against going back and watching it. It's just it amazes me that it was apparently so good that it spawned its own sequel. Oh, it did yeah. gangbusters in theaters. It was yeah. like a surprise hit. So, I mean, I'll some point maybe watch it. It seems like a good kind of random, you know, Friday night. Oh, I have no plans. Let's see what's on. Oh, I'll try, I'll try Jumanji. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I guess it makes sense. They're, Jumanji's a game, and – the Game Awards. That's yeah. <laughs> really the only connection there. Did you see? I, you? I wonder if it was like a fallback for the Sonic movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Could be nice. See, Could that be. would make more sense if they were coming out. Uh, you know, in the same time window. I think a tie-in with the Sonic movie would make a lot more sense. Yeah, let's punish people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with that abomination. Uh-huh. Uh, did you see Jumanji, uh, Tom? I have only ever seen the original one. I have not seen the second one yet because huh, I guess I was one. in Ash's boat of like, why why are they remaking this? But uh, it, I could see it being really because that Jack Black, right, and The yeah, Rock. Jack Black, The Rock, um, uh, Kevin Hart, and yeah. uh, blank, I'm blanking on her name and it makes me feel so bad. Um, the girl, the, the woman who played um, Nebula in uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Uh, Karen G- oh, Gillian. Oh, I don't know her name by yeah. yeah Karen Gillian. That's it. Yeah. Um, there you go. Okay. And they're all they're, they're all great because it's other characters inhabiting their body, those bodies, and they're just like the, the Rock is supposedly a nerdy guy, and Kevin Hart's supposedly a football player, and uh, Jack Black is a woman, <laughs> like a girl that's like a popular <laughs> girl, and it just it they play them all off each other so well and it just i don't know it's just a lot of fun and it's it's not a reboot it's a it's it's a sequel yeah because so a board game yeah. i guess kind of exists anywhere right so yeah and it's not even a board game right. it's, it's transforms oh, yeah. stuff to a game and yeah. they, they explain that they show like where it was found and all that it like it 
it works. <laughs> so, yeah. And then the one new one's going to be even more like fun because now it's The Rock playing Danny DeVito and Kevin Hart playing, um, oh, I'm blanking his name, the one from Lethal Weapon. It's, I'm too old for this. Uh, Danny Glover? Yeah, oh. Danny Glover, that's it. Yeah, Danny, yeah, there you go. So they have other characters they can work off of and play as, and it's <laughs> it just sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah. So either way, you know what doesn't sound fun? <laughs> the Google Stadia. <laughs> that is for sure. Uh, they they have released the launch day lineup for the for the Stadia, and boy, what a lineup! Uh, basically, from what I from what I can tell, a bunch of old games with maybe one or two brand new ones that are, but they're all just indie games. Otherwise, you're looking at Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Destiny Two, Mortal Kombat Eleven, Rise of the Tomb Raider, Red Dead Redemption Two. Wow. <laughs> did did you just say just indie games, Derek? How dare you? Well, no, not, you know what I mean. I know what you mean. I'm kidding. I'm just giving you a hard time. No, this is this is a mess. This is a you know, two two new indie games. I know exactly what you meant. Two new indie games are not what you should be leaning on as the fresh entries into your new console's launch lineup. I mean, yeah, a bunch of these games are great, right? Mortal Kombat eleven, Red Dead Redemption two, the Tomb Raider reboot trilogy, Samurai mm. Showdown, Thumper, good games. But like there are, t- there are 12 games, and, like, these are already have all been out for, you know, a while, or a long while in, in the case of some of them. And this alongside all the... Mi- I don't know how much you guys have been following it, but there is a, ba- a battery of missing features. Just, like, l- feature after feature after feature that Google, you know, promised along with the Stadia that will not be ready at launch. Mm-hmm. And this stuff is, like... And, it, and it's, it's also, like, basic stuff, like achievements, like achievements, there's going to be no Stadia level UI for achievements at launch. Like that's going to be rolled out shortly after launch. Buddy Pass, State Share, Stream Connect, like certain controller compatibility issues. All Stadia is launching with all of this stuff not ready, and this is like this to me is turning out like it's it's going to turn out to be one of the worst console launches ever. Yeah. Like one of the most problematic, just dead in the water i i mean i'm not i'm not saying they can't save stadia but all this stuff together just makes me think they have a hugely uphill battle yeah i think it's going to get ignored it's just going to be another one of those lost consoles (laughs) you know i mean yeah especially with everything that microsoft announced yesterday with xcloud like Mm -hmm. you you know of course i followed x19 more than i might have normally because i was discussing it on kind of funny but you know they Everything with like Xbox Game Pass, XCloud, it's all genuinely exciting and impressive stuff, and it just undermines uh, Stadia even more. Mm-hmm. It's it's just I don't know what Google's thinking. I, I they <laughs> just I don't know what they are thinking. I I just don't I can't imagine that it wouldn't be a better idea for them just to wait a few months and get this stuff ready and get the launch right. If you yeah. la- if you don't get the launch right. How are you going to get, you know, I mean, you're already fighting an uphill battle trying to attract people to your platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just delay it. It's no problem. People won't mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, too late now. So. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> well, I think that'll take, that takes care of the news topics for this week. But let's go ahead and get over to our uh, Patreon topics. And as always, for just $1 a month, you guys can support us on Patreon. Get these podcasts three days early every uh, Friday. As well as offer up topics like the ones we have here and access to our VIP room in our Discord. 
So, yeah, uh, Tom, why don't you start us us off this time? Okay, Uh, my topic is from Adam Harris. He says, hey gang, I have a quick, would you rather, in quotes, question. Hypothetically speaking, would you rather Nintendo focus exclusively on developing games for existing series, or would you rather they focus solely on developing new IP? What do you think the pros and cons of each scenario would be? Looking forward to the podcast, as always. Well, thanks, Adam. Uh, so I'm going to kind of take this as a only one or the other. No mm-hmm. kind of you can kind of balance the choice. So mm-hmm. for me, I that's <laughs> it's, it's really like, hard. It's a could hard. you imagine it's really hard, like never being able to play Mario again. But yeah. like every year or two, you get something like a Splatoon or you get ring. Like you kind of already yeah. get them, but like a new IP all the time. Yeah, but that also implicates no new Mario games, no new Zelda yeah, no games, new Mario no new game well, no new Splatoon games. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I would rather Nintendo focus existing on developing games for existing series because they always generally try to push the game in a new direction of gameplay or add something to it. They don't usually just stick to their laurels all the time. Uh, that's where. I love seeing that new worlds having the characters I love. So, uh, what do you guys? What would you guys prefer? I think I you mean, make a very good argument. As much as I'd love to see Nintendo, yeah, crank out a bunch new a bunch of new IPs, and I still want yeah. them to do that, of course. But if I, again we're going with the all or nothing approach with this, I think I'd rather. I think it'd break my heart to not have some of these IPs come back. And hey, that might even encourage them to use IPs that they have not used in a while, like F-Zero and Kid Icarus and Ice Climber and who knows? Just they have a huge lineup that they can go through. So it's like when we say that, it's not like I'm expecting Mario every year. It's it's what we get. Uh, Or or it's (laughs) spinoffs and stuff like that. I mean, hey, they can actually dig into their old stuff and get some new IPs from that. Maybe we can get a new Star Tropics or something to that degree. Uh, So as much as I would like to see them... uh, you know, always want to see them come out with new IP. They have a big lineup to work with, and I think I'd rather them stick with the existing ones so we don't, so we keep see them evolving these series. Yeah, I mean, my answer is basically a combination of what you guys just said. You know, Nintendo, they're, they're some of the best in the business. I want to keep seeing new IP, new ideas. I mean, hell, if they weren't, then we wouldn't have gotten Splatoon. And I love Splatoon. I can't imagine Nintendo without Splatoon these days. But if I have to choose... I'm a creature of habit, and Nintendo is in the unique position of laying claim to, you know, several, several of the best, most storied, most legendary game franchises and characters of all time. And I don't think that a total focus on new IP is worth throwing all that out. Like, as much as Nintendo has graded their craft, you know, they could make all the coolest new IP in the world. I still don't think it would be worth losing Mario, Zelda... Star Fox, Earthbound, F-Zero, Pokemon, not that Pokemon belongs to Nintendo, but you know what I mean, uh, Fire Emblem, Rhythm Heaven, you know, all, Kirby, you know, yeah. all this stuff. I just, I would not be, I don't think I can think of anything that would be worth trading all that. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. They might end up by Google Stadia. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then imagine, then then where do you go with Smash? If you if you lose all those franchises and you can't use them in Smash anymore, what what happens? Well, that's the, the thing. We, that's the thing. There is no next Smash because yeah, that's, that's an existing right. IP. Yeah. There's that's it. Yeah. See, no, no, no. easily. <laughs> I'm going with the. Let's oh, stick okay, with what wait, we have. wait. Only only pro Sakurai gets to work on a new game. 
That is true. <laughs> I mean, I do. I I want that for him so much, but I don't want that for him more than I don't want <laughs> Nintendo to keep using all their franchises. Mm-hmm. You're like Aladdin and the genie. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Right. But uh, I mean, hey, I would love. I don't know if he wants to do it, but I I would love Sakurai to take on a, a completely original game in any existing franchise if he ever had the chance. Like I think anything he wanted to make in any franchise Nintendo owns would be amazing. I mean, look what he did with Kid Icarus, right? Mm-hmm. So imagine like a Sakurai-led Zelda game or a Sakurai-led, like, you know what? Bring Sakurai back to work on his baby. Let's see Sakurai come back and make a, just go all out with a Kirby game. Mm-hmm. You know, Kirby, that'd be, Sakurai, that'd is, be cool. Kirby is Sakurai's. I would a- love af- to see what he could do. After seeing his passion for SNK, I'd like to see him take on an SNK franchise. Oh, hell yeah. Like, can you imagine, like, if you try to make a King of Fighters game? I bet it would be a blast. Either King of Fighters or Metal Slug or Psycho Soldier. Like, whatever. Like, there's so, so many options. Yeah. So that'd be, that'd be oh, I love cool. that idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, got to go with the retro. Got to go with the old school. <laughs> yeah. Existing properties. I hear you. Um, I'm going to go ahead and go uh, next, uh, since this seems cool, to be cool. a pretty short one as well. Um, this comes from Al Borland Corp, <laughs> which is just a wonderful name. Uh, I think so too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hi, GX. I've enjoyed the new reviewers you have you have had recently, and I was wondering if you had thought about bringing in someone to review with the perspective of a parent. For example, someone who could say if it was a game they felt comfortable playing in front of their kid, or one that their kid was not bored by, or if a co- uh, if a co op mode was accessible where a kid and parent could play together, or if it was too complicated. Thanks and have a great week. Well, fortunately for us, <laughs> uh, we have two of those. <laughs> yeah. Because as you saw recently, Steve has kids and uh, had his daughter on for playing um, New Super Lucky's Tale for that sponsor video. And then uh, Amy hasn't shown it, but uh, she does have kids and uh, they're very much in the games. I know that for a fact. And uh, <laughs> I, I'm... I know when she was working on her Catch Real review, the kids were there and they were actually helping her with the puzzles, offering up their ideas and uh, having suggestions and stuff like that. So we technically could do this idea with those two parents. <laughs> yeah. Andre doesn't have to abduct his uh, nieces anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, exactly. there there is not, I mean, we have everything to gain and nothing to lose for, you know, for adopting that perspective. I think adding that perspective to, our lineup of already diverse perspectives is uh, is great, and I, I'm glad we have Amy for that and Steve for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I, re- I actually feel like there aren't. I mean, there are. There's like you know the Nintendo dads and stuff, and and you know there are outlets out there focusing on gaming from a parental standpoint, but I don't think it's necessarily like a huge focus yeah. in, across the industry. And I do think, yeah, that's that's a very valuable uh, uh, viewpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, beyond Nintendo dads, I, I most I see is uh, Kotaku. Uh, I forget his name off the sudden, but he's a new father, and he he talks about what it's like oh, to Shrier. game. Yeah, is a trier. Okay, yeah, to game mm. as he's you know trying to take care of his new kid, and how, what that involves, and like how do like how do I find time to play play Death Stranding while I'm also taking care of a two year old? I think it is at this point. So you know you see yeah. that every so often, I, but the perspectives aren't I, out there. I can't time. help. I can't but help but not see the irony in, J- in Jason Schreier caring about that viewpoint while also presiding over a website that just recently ran a an article on, you know, 
underage porn in games. But, you know, that's just yeah. me. That's just me. Yeah, that's, but, uh, anyway, and actually posted the pictures. So I don't know. It just seems mm. a little strange. But I, I, he, I, I know he uh, apologized for it and everything. So, you know. I'm glad I did he not told. go in there thanks to Steve's warning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I did unf- I did not uh, see it coming. I didn't. I hadn't seen his warning before I started clicking through. Like, oh, what's this controversy on Kotaku? <laughs> what? Okay. Uh, enough internet for one day. Thank yeah, you. Or I'm one done. year. Thank you. Yeah. So well, <laughs> you on, were spared, Derek. On, on back to the uh, like parents and their kids. Uh, when one of my friends had kids, I was surprised that he was playing games more than he was beforehand. Because I really? guess he's just got to be at home helping out and stuff. And yeah, waiting around. He had more time to play games. Well, that's cool. So that, was a, yeah. <laughs> that worked out. Yeah. 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 For sure. Hmm. All right, Ash. What's your topic? All right, well, my topic this week comes from Kevin Hernandez, who says, uh, Hey, GX crew, in Dragon Quest XI-S, the player can switch between 2D and 3D graphics, which is an awesome feature, and it got me leading to this question. Which era of gaming do you love more, retro or modern gaming? For me, as much as I appreciate and respect retro gaming, I enjoy modern gaming more. I'm really into many things in this era, like 3D graphics, visual art styles, open worlds, remakes, RPGs, storytelling, and the list goes on. My top 10 favorite games come mostly from the modern era, such as Breath of the Wild and Resident Evil 4. I think retro games have more charm and nostalgia, but I find the experience in modern games more immersive, and that's why I love modern gaming more. We can agree and disagree on things, but one thing we share in common is that we are very passionate for gaming. Don't you agree? Anyways, I'd like to hear your thoughts. Thanks, and keep up the good content. So, yeah, I think this is a great uh, a, a great topic, I'll, uh, mainly because it... It's so subjective, right? There is no objective cutoff point that, you know, the the PS1 era is when the modern era starts and, you know, and this <laughs> is when it ends. You know, there is there's no subjective viewpoint on that. It it has to do with the generation you're a part of, the the games you grew up playing, right? So, I'm curious for you, Kevin, like how old you are because I I think that probably informs a lot of what you said. Like, I totally get what you're saying about modern games and you called out Breath of the Wild and Resident Evil 4 both of which are classics. But I did notice as part of your question, you may have not meant it like this, but you did say, I enjoy modern gaming for reasons such as visual art styles, storytelling, things like that. Those things all existed in in retro games too, though. So like, you know, I'm thinking of my own favorite game of all time, Chrono Trigger. That to me is like the epitome of video game storytelling and world building and, and... an amazing art style so that stuff all was in retro games as well just in a different context so um you know i wouldn't discount retro games as not having those things because they did they just weren't as much in a modern context but i absolutely believe that there are merits to both eras of gaming whatever wherever that cutoff is for you and you know i have a ton of games in my top 10 that are modern games okami uh the wind waker final fantasy 10 those are all classics to me and i would consider them modern but someone half my age might not consider those uh (laughs) sorry yeah yeah like they might see them differently so like you know i i see young people today talking about how final fantasy 7 is a classic i mean it is a classic but a retro classic and i'm like (laughs) i i struggle with that because i was like 12 when ff7 came out so to me it's retro but uh i i don't know but there are people you know 
I don't know. It's it's weird. What, how do you guys feel about this? Well, it's funny. I was looking at Kevin's comment here, and he mentions Resident Evil 4, and you mentioned Final Fantasy X. So I'm like, okay, it seems like the GameCube, PS2, and Xbox era are where we're splitting uh, modern from mm-hmm. uh, retro. So that would make yeah. the PS1 retro, which, again, kind of an odd idea. But also, yeah, I get yeah. it. I get it. It makes sense. Um, and I – hmm. I, I I'm looking back and there's like there's so many games there's like, it's it's hard for me to tell like I don't I honestly don't have a preference at this point I just mm-hmm. like all the games like I like going back and I can see the pratfalls of some of the early ones like it's it's a little tougher to go back to NES games uh, as you get older and see the things they could have done better or, you know the limitations that it had but the SNES still up holds up incredibly well. Uh, with some fantastic titles, and even like again, even the NES has some really great games that are wor- well worth playing. And of course, there's always great new games coming out in the modern era. So I don't really have a preference. I just like if it's a good game, I'm gonna play. I want to play it. <laughs> yeah, because it's it's funny. Like when I think of Final Fantasy specifically, like for me, one through six are retro, and then mm-hmm. you yeah. go seven, and that's to me. I think I said retro before. I misspoke. Seven to me is modern. But, yeah. again, that's because of when I grew up. I see people call FF7. I've seen people call FF10 retro. Like, it's just, it's so weird. And not only that, you can also have the argument and get into the conversation, like, what exactly defines retro versus modern? Is it the graphics or is it something more? Like, we could look at Link's Awakening. That is a retro game. It's a Game Boy game. But it just got remade for the Switch. Does that now make it a modern game? Because it's barely changed. They didn't change anything other than the, other than the presentation. So is it still modern, or or is, it, or is it still retro, or is it now modern? There are so many angles to this question, which is why I picked it, because I think it's a fascinating topic. Hmm. Yeah, like, uh, I would say it's definitely retro in gameplay, but modern graphics, I mean, you kind of sure, go that but route. Then, yeah. but then which column do you put that under? If you can only classify it as one, what oh, then would, does Link's Awakening become? Retro, <laughs> even the Switch version? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think I, I fall on that side as well. But yeah. it is interesting because kids who are growing up today would play the Switch version and say, oh, this is, you know, totally, a, you know, they'll get older and like, oh, Link's Awakening's retro. But wait, you played it on Switch. Like, there's yeah. so many competing viewpoints here. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm just glad this guy, uh, Kevin, he didn't put OK Boomer in his... Uh... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> well, you I know, don't think any of us I've are boomers, had... so... yeah. That's the thing, is I don't think half the people using that term even know what a boomer is, because, like, yeah. I've had, probably within the last week and a half, I've had, like, probably 10-ish different people on Twitter reply to me in some, you know, like, snarky way, okay, boomer. Yeah, I think or we're on the older one, side of the millennial. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, like, well, even one of my own best friends, he would disagree with me on something, and he's like, okay, boomer, and I'm like... Do you know what a boomer is? I, like I, I'm not sixty. Like I'm, I like I'm, I'm an exennial. Like I'm not even a millennial. I'm an exennial, and I feel like people are just kind of conflating that with like, okay, anybody who's somewhat older than me, if I disagree with them, they're boomers. Like that's yeah. not how this works. And I, I use okay boomer. I think it's hilarious. I hate yeah. being part of internet trends, but. I can't stand boomers either for what they've screwed up for us. Uh-huh. So don't talk to me about okay boomer. I hate the boomers too. <laughs> yeah. But b- back to this, so I would yeah. agree with the Final Fantasy VII being like a retro game because in my mind, mm-hmm. kind of that point with N sixty four PlayStation era, that sort of became the start of the modern era. Um, 
Mm-hmm. It's kind of a blurry line because some of them really don't look that good, but as you get towards the yeah. end, like they hold up better. Um, and definitely GameCube would be a modern era for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. It is interesting because as I was growing up, like maybe, you know, or even just when I was 10 years younger or so, I, I probably would have considered the retro cutoff to be after the 16-bit era. Like starting with the N64, PS1, that's modern because 3D graphics. But as yeah. I've gotten older, I've kind of shifted that a bit. Like I can actually now see the argument for PS1, N64, Saturn being considered retro i could see that i can see that argument and i can mm. almost even see it for the ps2 but not quite i, I think like, once like we have the me, ps5 that, and the scarlet yeah. out i think that's when the point that the ps2 and the gamecube era are going to become retro like see, as we get yeah, a new gen me, the, that cutoff gen just moves up one <laughs> I, can't, we'll see, I, just, that... I cannot look at metroid prime as a retro game mm. that just does not compute to me yeah it yeah, it's weird good in my memory, but maybe if I actually played it now, maybe it <laughs> can see good, some but... of the seams and whatnot. I will say I'm not a big fan of the Samus model in that game, like the actual yeah, human yeah. Samus. Maybe we need maybe what we need is a third time period for games. You've got retro, we've got macho, and then modern, right? Macho. The middle one we got macho, which is like that that weird middle ground, like GameCube and PS2 that. Could go either way. And then you have the true modern games like, you know, PS4, you know, Xbox 360, all that. But, uh, I mean, I'm kind of kidding, but I'm kind of not. The name's terrible. But I do wonder if maybe we need to stop <laughs> having just a, you know, two... Man, we we got to go into the age. We got the, uh, we got the uh, Silver Age, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. The Bronze there Age is the Atari. <laughs> oh, we, you know, we don't even need to go Matro. We can do a Metro. Retro, Metro, and Modern. There you go. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. But no, thanks for the, the, the question, Kevin. This is a great discussion that I thought, and it's just a good topic to get into. Yep. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll go ahead and go to our game for this week, which actually I pulled from the uh, back catalog because we didn't get any new game suggestions, but we, of course, keep a, uh, an eye on a lot of the old games. And this one came from Boardman, um, who just had 10 questions about uh, the knowledge I've gained uh, about Castlevania through streaming. So let's see how much I remember after a year and a half of st- uh, oh, almost man. a year and a half of streaming these games. So, uh, yeah. Um, this, is, this will be fun. Like I was saying before we recorded, we've done so many games on like Fire Emblem and, and like games I don't know I have that much encyclopedic knowledge on. In Castlevania, I'm a little more just you know, generally knowledge about because I've played so many of them, so I'm excited. <laughs> so how much how much do you know about Castlevania, Tom? I played through I had a period where I was played through a ton of Castlevania games probably just before I got into the Yakuza series. Oh nice. Um and yeah, it's funny though, I, I played a bunch of them, but I actually I think I only ever beat two of them, but I got to like the final boss in several of them, like Symphony of the Night. Mm-hmm. So Oh man, that's not even a hard boss. <laughs> I, I forget if it was that or like this really. There's a really tall guy I couldn't beat, and I think I can go to the final boss too. So I'm I shouldn't be so stubborn just to maybe look for a guide sometime after beating my head against the wall. It's probably my problem. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, question number one: How many how many Castlevania games, not including crossovers, has Simon Belmont been playable in? Is it three, five, seven, or nine? And now I have to start thinking and going through games. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know what I know what it isn't, but I'm torn between two answers. Uh, hmm. 
trying to think back on all the games he's playable in. Hmm. Oh, man, I'm torn. I'm going to go lower with five. That's That was my initial answer, but I, I'm, I know there are a bunch of games he's playable, like he's like a secret playable character in. Oh, he doesn't necessarily have a story, sure. but he does, <laughs> but he is playable, so I don't, but five was one of my potential answers, too. I'm torn between five and seven. Hmm. <clears throat> I'm going to go five as well. I'm counting it out in my head, and I'm trying to remember, but I'm not completely positive. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm going to stick with five. All right. So we're all going five. It is. Um. Oh, I forgot a few. And you are all right. That, that whole thing about being extra playable. Um, so it's seven. It's nine. Wow. What? I didn't know he was playable in that many. Castlevania. Vampire Killer, which I completely forgot about. Vampire Killer is an oh, MSX yeah. game. Haunted Castle, which is the arcade that. game. Super Castlevania 4. Oh, Castlevania yeah. Chronicles. Castlevania 2 Simon's Quest. Harmony of Dissonance is an extra character. Castlevania Judgment, which I honestly discounted because he said no crossovers. And exactly. That was a crossover. Thought, okay. And Harmony of Despair. So technically, I think it should be seven uh, because he included two cro- crossovers in there. Yeah. Um, but uh, either yeah. way, we're wrong. Either way, either way, we're either wrong because we're wrong, yeah. we said five. Yeah, but uh, right. But yeah, I was thinking definitely five or seven in there. But. Yeah, technically by I his think, yeah. not including crossovers, I'm guessing he means like, um, oh, what's that Japanese like Smash, Smash Brothers clothes? That Smash TV thing where it's like oh, Simon was also like about. a playable fighter along with like Optimus Prime and. Bomberman and stuff. It's like, like Jump that. Superstars or Jump Jump Ultimate. Yeah, it wasn't that. That well, he wasn't part it of the Jump that. game. It was. No, uh, of course, he Konami wasn't. had a fighter. Yeah, that yeah. thing. Yeah, TV, I, okay, I confused. Whatever. Too. Either way. <laughs> yeah. Number two. What is the name of Richter Belmont's girlfriend? Tara, Annette, Iris, or he has no girlfriend. Uh the only character I thought it could have been is not here. So I'm going to say yeah. he has no girlfriend. Uh, yeah, I had a name come to mind, so I'm going no girlfriend, too. I can't remember the exact name. I know he has a girlfriend, and I'm going to say it's Annette. Uh, well, I man, know okay. for a fact he has a gir- girlfriend, but I might guess wrong. Ah, cool. I guess right. It's Annette. <laughs> nice. I, I can't remember. Is Maria his sister? Uh, it, is she, that what it is? She is. I think she might be his, his sister or the, his girlfriend's sister in Dracula X Chronicles. But in the actual Rondo of Blood, she is just another girl that happens at Powers. But got definitely it. not okay, girlfriend. I was like, Maria's not there. Okay, got it. All righty. Well, then, nice to do that, Derek. All right. Number three. Which of these Castlevania games doesn't feature a clock tower? Castlevania Legends? Castlevania Curse of Darkness? Castlevania Two: Simon's Quest? Or Castlevania Dracula X. Which one is Castlevania Legends again? Uh, that was the third Game Boy game. Featured the oh, only. Okay. It featured the non-canon female bonnet, uh, Belmont. Right, right. Sonia Belmont. Right. Yeah, Sonia Belmont. Um, God, even just for that reason, because it's so non-traditional and non-canon, I almost want to say that I'm torn between that and Curse of Darkness. Because I didn't play. I already played like five. I'm trying to remember. I was like, I don't remember. Uh, To be honest, I don't remember a lot of clock towers for most of these. (laughs) Hmm. Yeah, I never got too far in Simon's Quest, so I wouldn't really know. You'd think there'd have to be a clock tower. Yeah, I would think so, because it's like one of the, you know, the first games in the series. 
but it's also kind of an open world like thing. Mario 2. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. It's more open world. It's not necessarily you're just going to the castle. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with Simon's Quest. That one. I'm gonna go with Simon's Quest as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, you know what? I was actually gonna go with Legends, but the more I think about it, I'm gonna go with Simon's Quest. It is Simon's Quest. Yes. Because nice. I know you're. I know you were exploring mansions in that one. Yeah. Um, and okay. I was like, I don't remember a clock tower in any of the mansions. Yeah, and usually a clock tower isn't later in the game. And yeah. It's like more of a flat world, so... Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right, number four. What year was Julius Belmont said to have defeated Dracula? 1997, 19, 1998, 1999, or 2000? Uh, 1999. Tom? Uh, I'll go 2000. It is 1999. I was, I, 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 that's why that I, one just, I knew for sure. I stayed quiet because <laughs> I know that one. Yeah, I know. I was like, I, mean, I wanted to stay quiet too because I'm like, oh, I know this one. Yeah. Mm. All right. Uh, they're like both sorrow games are like two of my favorite Castlevania games ever. Yeah, they're really good. Uh, in what game was the vampire killer created? Uh, Castlevania: Lament of Innocence, Castlevania Three: Dracula's Curse, Castlevania: The Adventure, or Castlevania: Legacy of Darkness? Based uh, on the power of deduction and the fact that I remember Lament of Innocence being a prequel to the whole series, I think. I'm not sure about that, but I think I'm going to go with Lament of Innocence. I, I was going to guess Legacy. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to go with Legacy, Tom? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with Lament of Innocence, and yeah, it's Lament of Innocence. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Darn, I Which can't one is... look into Derek's eyes here to have you <laughs> But I'm also... Which one's Legacy of Darkness again? Legacy of Darkness was the second uh, Castlevania 64. Oh, see, I don't... Yeah, there's like a... There are blind spots in my Castlevania yeah. knowledge, like the N64 games that I just didn't play. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, cool. I, I'm I'm well aware of Castlevania games now. <laughs> yeah, I bet. So after... We're halfway through. So after five questions, uh, Derek, you're in the lead with four. Uh, I'm trailing with three. And Tom, you're in the rear with one. I got a point. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Way to go, Tom. Yeah. All right. Number six. What is the name of the dark priest that worked to resurrect Dracula? Isaac, Camilla, Shaft, or or, or Ortega? (laughs) Um, I apologize for what I'm about to do, but the answer, I think, is Shaft. (laughs) (laughs) I... I apologize. I apologize already. <laughs> what do you think, Tom? <laughs> oh, bad because I now it's like my memory is being replaced by a shaft, <laughs> and like I in Symphony of the Night or something, uh, and it's getting kind of blurred by the Netflix series. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, man, I, I I'll go with Isaac though. That's what I was thinking originally. All right. It is Shaft. You should know that because you played Symphony of the Night, and that's where he is, Vin. <laughs> yeah. yeah like, this is totally like, Symphony of the Night. I was kind of remembering that, and it's like, is that real? Like, <laughs> yeah. I know. It's very weird. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. Number seven. In the original NES Castlevania, how many hearts does one use? To, uh, how many hearts does one use of the stopwatch cost? Five, seven, four, or three? Oof. Derek, do you, do you actually remember this? 
vaguely. <laughs> Very okay. vaguely. Okay. I, I, yeah, I have like a guess, and that guess is going to be five. Okay. I was guessing that, or but I'm going to go with three. I'm going to say seven. I'm not All sure, right. but for some reason, I remember it being expensive. Nope, yeah. Ash is right. It's five. Ooh, nice, nice. I don't even know why I thought it was, but I'll take it. My first thought when I read the question was 10, but it wasn't an option. I was like, maybe it was. Me too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it might have been in later games it was 10. Maybe, maybe. Well, cool. All right, well, it's it's anyone's game now. Well, not anyone's. It's yeah, your or my mine. game, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What is Alucard's true name? Uh, Adrian Fahrenheit uh, Tepesh, Matthias Quonkwith, Kronkvist the second, Genya Arakado, or Ar- Alucard? It really is his name. These are great choices because there, there's this is a trick question in a way. I like it, but my answer is uh, Adrian Fahrenheit Tepish. What about you, Tom? Uh, I'm gonna go with that one because that last name reminds me of the Netflix series. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure <laughs> nice. that's it as well. And yeah. yep, that's it. Nice. That, one, I Tom. like those answers because I, I'm sure they were trying to get us with Guinea Articato. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Uh, just playing on the uh, English, which is kind of brilliant. Well, because that was his actual name, though, and uh, his, his uh Yeah, yeah his but did you, did, yeah, yeah, exactly for that, for Ari of Sorrow, but Ari yeah. Cardo? Oh, no, of course, it's the romanization <laughs> of Alucard. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's why it's such a fun, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what is the name of the purifying spell in Castlevania Portrait of Ruin? Cleanse, divine healing, God's light, or sanctuary. And I am blanking hard on that one. (laughs) I have. I'm going to go with God's light. I'm going to go with God's light. I am going to go with... Cleanse? I'm torn between cleanse and sanctuary for some reason. Sanctuary sounds good, Ash. (laughs) I'm just going with God's light. You, you seem maybe, like you really want me to say that for some reason. I've, I'm just going with God. I think it's probably that. I just want to go with God's light because maybe it's an era where they could get it, like put that nice. in a game and not worry about ESRB in some way. I, don't I, know. I mean, it was in the DS <laughs> era. So. Yeah, so that would be fine in the DS era. Uh, so God's light certainly could have been it. Uh, I'm torn between cleanse and sanctuary, but for some reason, sanctuary stands out to me, so I'm going to go with that. All right. It is sanctuary. What? Yep, man, I'll <laughs> yeah. take it. Well, what did you? What did you guess, Derek? I said cleanse. I could not remember for okay. the life of me. Portion of Ruin was one of the few Castlevania games I like truly one hundred percented. Like I played wow. the crap out of that. Oh, game, it's so that really might good. Yeah, it's so good. Mm-hmm. All right, so going into the last question, uh, I am in the lead with seven. Derek, you are trailing with six, and Tom, you have two. Kind of fell apart in the second part there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What game has the song Vampire Killer not appeared in? Bloodlines, Symphony of the Night, Aria of Sorrow, or Lords of Shadow? I know which I know which two it isn't, I think. I mm-hmm. think I do. But I'm torn between the other two. Oh, man, hmm. would they do the nostalgia with Lords of Shadow? Uh, I'm going to go with Lords of Shadow. Mm, okay, I'm actually trying to think that it wasn't it. I think they're going to try for a new thing in that one. Actually, I might be overthinking this. I am going to go... Actually... I'm in the middle of Lords I'm of Shadow, gonna... and I haven't encountered it yet. <laughs> but it might come in mm. later, so I'm not sure. I'm trying to... 
think. I, I, I wish I knew if this included like ports and re-releases because I, I may not be aware. But I actually think my answer is going to be Symphony of the Night. Huh. That's possible. Yeah. That's the thing. I, I, the only one I'm, I'm going to discount completely is Bloodlines. I'm pretty sure Vampire Killer it's is in It's definitely in Bloodlines. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure it's an Aria of Sorrow. For me, it's like, for actually, it's going to be between Aria and Lords of Shadow, but then I was like, wait a minute. I've listened to the Symphony of the Night soundtrack a bazillion times in my life, and it, I've never heard Vampire Killer on it, I don't think. Yeah. But I'm, maybe the Saturn version had it? I don't know. Maybe. What do you, what do you think, Tom? Oh, I said Lords of Shadow. Oh, you said Lords of Shadow. And you're saying... I, I'm going with the angle that they're trying something new. At the end of the second one, they're like, oh, man, we should probably rail on nostalgia <laughs> bit more. And they put it in Lords of Shadow 2. Right. That's right. what I guess. No, and, that, that's a really good line of thinking. And you're you're saying Symphony? Uh, yeah. Ash? What about you? I'm going to go Aria just because I have to choose something different from you. Even though I'm not sure if it's that's right true. or not. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um. Oh, wow. It actually is Aria of Sorrow. Oh. Really? <laughs> yeah. Aria of Sorrow huh. does not have it, which is very strange, actually. I would have thought that would have been... Um, I can't remember exactly, but I would have thought that would have played during Julius's battle. But I guess not. That's Well, that's true. Yeah, I, that's true. I'm just trying to think of, like, where does this play in Symphony of the Night? I'm not sure. Although I'm, 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 I I'm, really... I'm excited to hear the rendition of Vampire Killer and Lords of Shadow now. Uh, yeah, because that, be, that game actually has a ton of references to the uh, main canon, like uh, and that I've experienced. That's been pretty cool. Yeah. So. All right, I am looking right now. Vampire Killer Symphony of the Night version. It does exist, but where is it? Where's play? <laughs> this is killing me. Yeah, yeah. You, you have to you have to look it up later. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah, that's fine. But, uh, yeah, I think that takes care of episode 168 of the Game Explained Real Talk podcast. As always, thank you guys so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this, enjoyed this uh, uh, think about supporting us on Patreon for just $1 a month. Get these podcasts three days early every Friday, as well as, well, as, well as offering up topics and games like these and access to our VIP room. So, yeah, we'll catch you next week for episode 169. Until then, guys. Bye.